0: Okay. Here we go. Hey guys, are you here? Pot and Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes.
1: Growing with fishes.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Growing the Fishes podcast, episode 285. We're back after a little bit of a brief break there. Um, I was on an East Coast trip and uh, just didn't always have time to, to stream or an internet connection where I was. So uh, yeah, I apologize for being away there for a couple of weeks, but uh, we are back uh, again this week. Uh, we have our guest this week, Tom from Little River Aquaponics. Thanks for joining us, boss.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Really excited to be here.
2: Awesome. We also have Fumidor from Fumador and the Flavors.
3: How's it going, man? Cheers. Uh, Apologies for the weird light. I was just uh, doing my photo stuff. I didn't have time to set it up differently, so anyway, that's why it looks weird. But uh, cheers, folks. Welcome. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Tom. Uh, Good to see you, buddy.
1: Yeah, good to see you too, man. This
2: looks like the window is open in your room or something. (laughs) Right? That's exactly what it is. I promise we won't make any lizard jokes today. If you watched this show yesterday, we won't Uh,
3: make any. Why? Are you romantically interested in any? (laughs)
2: oh man Uh, that's a whole other can of worms slither slither right on uh your favorite (laughs) slither right on on slender on slither is it slither i think that's the one that the lizards use um you can check us out marty and i have a whole online class over apmjclass.com you can use coupon code ap420 uh, between now and earth the end of earth day uh, if you want to check out the class and save 75 bucks off the class again, coupon code uh, APMJ uh, for uh, $75 off our full uh, online aquaponic cannabis class it is available anytime, day or night. Um, the live sessions are on a Sunday, Wednesday schedule. Uh, so if you're, you know, can only attend evenings and we got you, or if you can only attend Sundays and that's fine too, we try to make it easy for everybody. And if you can't make those two, let us know, but we have a ton of t- uh, content on there. We're going to add a ton of soils content this year. Um, so it will be a, a good time. Uh, all righty y'all, well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Tom. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and a little bit about your farm? We, uh, actually had you on for uh, part of the regenerative conference and, or a little about the regen conference, the, uh, virtual aquaponic cannabis conference. Uh, and, uh, we're stoked to have you on. And, uh, and if you guys haven't uh, checked it out, we actually did a video tour of his farm as well over earlier, a couple a couple weeks ago over on my YouTube channel. So you can check that out as well yeah uh, hey uh, okay one of the yeah. cool things i liked about your farm was that you um are doing both aquaponics and living soil both inside and outside and kind of showed how much you can kind of apply those to uh even if they're disconnected so i uh, appreciate you uh taking the time to join us and um i know i certainly have shown a lot of people your your little video clip of you comparing the two soils uh, uh on your farm and uh and look forward to, to hearing what you have to tell
1: us today yeah man Definitely. Yeah. Um... Well, yeah, so uh, we're Little River Aquaponics, like you were saying. Um, we've been up and running in Norman, Oklahoma, since 2015, I want to say. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, we started out primarily as a, a vegetable production farm, and as cannabis kind of rolled into the state, and that industry started showing up here, uh, we got more and more into that, and we're kind of like, a little hybrid system right now we're trying to grow food for people we're trying to provide really good clean medicine for people and and uh just kind of keep that ball rolling um a lot of what we're doing around here you know is uh we're trying to focus a lot on regenerating soil around our farm it's all pretty tough like hard pan clay um and it was a dairy farm for 30 or so years and a lot of times you know, dairy farms, cattle farms are not really managed too well, so the soil was in pretty bad condition. Uh, but just in a few years of, of operating this place, we've been able to really kind of transform the, the ecology around this, this whole farm.
0: Just so tell us a little
2: about the, the layout and the setup that you have. I see you got a nice giant fish tank there behind you.
0: Yeah, man.
1: So uh, we're operating uh, the 9,000-gallon Nelson and Paid. Um, system we've got two raft tanks with uh oh they're about 1500 gallons or so and we primarily use those we don't really do cannabis and deep water culture but we do lots of herbs and greens uh, and then we take uh, take the fish water a lot of the fish waste and uh, what we don't scrub and put back into the system we actually use for our nutrient program for the uh the cannabis house the cannabis greenhouse and Um, and then the excess also goes out to our, our vegetable gardens. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's been really interesting kind of listening to you guys and diving into this world a little bit because we, we kind of take a simple approach towards aquaponics. Um, really just trying to, to maintain and keep the fish healthy and keep the system healthy. And it seems like everything else follows, but you know, it's it's neat to kind of come across these more like complex methods you guys are using and ferments that you guys are using. Um, so I'm excited to, to kind of dive into that world a little bit more.
0: What, what type of fish are you using there at the farm? Oh,
1: yeah, there's a blue and Nile River tilapia. And uh, we've got maybe 300 of those total. And we've got You'll probably see them float by. There's three butterfly koi. Oh, there's one right now. Um, three butterfly koi hanging out in here. Uh, They were given to us by someone and kind of just stayed. But, you know, this this system, you're meant to harvest these fish pretty regularly. The problem is all of us are vegetarian, and uh, my boss has named all the fish, so it's kind of hard to eat them once you've named them.
2: Right, definitely where the uh, the kinks come in. Um, so um, we do a lot of uh, uh, living soil uh, fertigated with um, the aquaponics water. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and then um, you know some of the results that you've seen because you've had some really incredible results with that hybrid system.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess like our primary approach to this is. You know, with these systems, you're able to pretty effectively scrub out a lot of the solid waste. Um, so we take that that solid waste and we dilute it down. Um, and that's what we're using on the hard pan uh, clay soil around here. And uh, it's hard to say exactly what's going on, but my guess is just all the, you know, the biology and the organic acids in that water is kind of helping to loosen up um, the soil and and give it a better texture and with that we see you know for the first time like in this video right here um we're seeing earthworms come back and you know with those earthworms we're seeing uh other other garden dwelling creatures there's more native plants coming in in the areas we've treated with that water and those native plants they bring in different pollinators and bees and snakes and frogs and it's really cool man just just watching how once you start really um giving that soil a push to to develop into something besides just just clay um the whole ecosystem follows suit you know everything wants to come back it's really beautiful to watch um as far as the cannabis goes it's been really interesting we do uh we have a couple of media beds, like the expanded clay pellet beds in our greenhouse, side by side with the living soil beds. And we'll often do you know, comparative uh, testing with that. And what we see is the, the media beds will actually produce uh, a little bit more resin, and they have a higher terpene content. Uh, but the terpene diversity in that is a lot lower than what it is coming out of the soil. So, and as we develop the soil a little bit more, you know, it's kind of starting to catch up to the uh, the terpene content of the, the media beds. It's kind of interesting to watch and see what happens.
2: Have you tried doing any dual root zone um, pots at all with the, the soil and the media at all?
1: Yeah, I have. I've tried it both in the media and in the deep water culture. And uh, it it worked pretty well. Um, I honestly saw, as far as the media goes, I saw way better results just going straight in the media as opposed to the dual root zone. Um, however, in the deep water culture, I, I don't think there's any, you know, anything's gonna hold the light to doing a dual root zone system in there. Um, it's really, really functional in that, that setting.
2: Well, your, your plants certainly look wonderful here. And uh, when we were out there filming a couple weeks ago and uh, we just got that up on the screen here playing while we're talking, showing off your, your hard work over there. Uh, tell us what about your methodology with the trellising here. It seems like you got a couple layers going on.
1: Yeah, so we, we kind of change it up throughout the year. Um, in the wintertime, we've got a little bit lower light. And we found that uh, growing these plants up and scrogging them actually gives us a way better result um, in that lower light setting. We try our best not to run the, uh, the um, light assistance, the high pressure sodium lights that we've got in there. We just use them more as like a day extension. Um, and ideally we just rely on the sunshine and then in the summertime, we switch it up and we just kind of let the plants grow almost like a, uh, like you're growing a full photo term plant outside. Just let them take their shape and clean them up kind of as, as they're coming to, uh, you know, get the middles really nice and clean and, and just let them do their thing, you know?
0: They look great. Um, so what cultivars are you growing these days?
1: Yeah, man. Um, we've been pretty partial to uh, uh, massive seeds, genetics, and dragon flame genetics. Um, uh oh. Yeah, they they've both served us pretty well. Um, I really prefer to use stuff that is bred and grown outside, uh, rather than like things that are bred indoors or in hydroponic settings. We've just had some issues um, as far as like stability of plants coming from some of those more, uh, I don't know, let's call them like hype strains. But yeah, those two guys, Massive Seeds and and Dragon Flame Genetics have really done well for us. Uh, These cultivars in here, right now we've got a Slime Ticket from Dragon Flame, um, Pineapple Pomegranate from Massive Seeds, as well as their strawberry Durban and uh, Yuzu Tanji. Um, our whole uh, reamendment cycle, we 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 reuse soil. We've reused the same soil for four years without any problems. Uh, I know people have dealt with soil pathogens. You know, if you're not really careful with that. Um, And we try to cycle some out, you know, semi-regularly, but ultimately, you know, the same stuff ends up coming back in. And we use uh, uh, KISS Organics or build the soil uh, re-amendment packages. It's been a while since I've done a soil test, to be honest, but um, here pretty soon I'm going to run one and see where we're at, see what's in the gas tank.
2: Um, Is there any other strains that you've grown that, um, or do you want to tell us maybe a little bit about the fish room here while we're looking at it?
1: Uh, Sure, man. Uh, Yeah, these guys are, uh, these tilapia we've got, there's something else. They're massive. Uh, They've been around for about six years now. And, uh, you know, they've been through thick and thin. It's amazing how hardy these fish are. We had a blackout in that ice storm. I know you experienced it. Um, ours lasted 17 days with no power. And uh, they made it through like like nothing was going on. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool. But yeah, our fish barn, is all heated by a, a wood-burning stove and, uh, you know, held together
0: with elbow grease, I guess. <laughs> What other strains have you grown
2: and found that did really well in the uh with your methodology
0: yeah
1: um we really like uh there's a strain called socal owl it's a cut that's just kind of been passed around norman for i don't know a decade now um it's a really wonderful kind of funky cedary uh smelling kind of plant um it works really really well in a greenhouse setting and, and grown under the sun um tried some land races as well uh grew some hash plants from the uh himalayas from rasal village in particular and those were really fun really really cool smells i mean everything from like tropical fruit to sautéing onions, you know, some like really funky, earthy smells. Those have been really nice. uh, Yeah. Have you guys found any in particular that that work well in aquaponics?
2: Blue hash that I have does really well. Um, Bruce Banner does well. Um, I had really good luck with Island Sweet Skunk. and so, In fact, some of the biggest and squattiest plants where they came out like a candelabra, you know what I mean? And yeah. went horizontal like three feet um, was the, the Island Sweet Skunk, uh, which was really, really good. From cool. uh,
1: We tried an elephant skunk dog recently. One of our friends gave us a pet of that. Um, the Wook Stomper. The would be another one
0: yeah
2: yeah the um, uh they're killing it over over at my buddy's grow with, with the wook stomper they've had some uh it's a uh, dominant terpene is transneridol which is you know usually one of the t- very low percentage terps you know so it's pretty interesting to see that but it, it you, just like you're saying it's interesting to see how in the aquaponics and then the aquaponics and soil how you do have these differences in terpene expressions be- because of the different microbes and all and, I still think it'd, it'd be so neat to try and map all that stuff out, but it's going to take a long time to do that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. What other advantages have you seen um, using the, uh, the aquaculture microbes and, and uh, nutrients with your system compared to maybe growing other ways that you've grown in the past?
1: Man, uh, I, don't know. I don't know how much people think about this, but um, we really focus on water retention. And I work on a couple other grows, you know, both as an employee and, and kind of doing some managerial work. And um, I'm amazed at how poor a lot of soil's water retention is. Out here, you know, we can go, I mean, we've gone as long as two weeks without watering our greenhouse. You know, I try to twice a week or so. Um, but just watching that over time, you know, using, using this water, uh, it seems to do a lot for, you know, the soil's ability to hold on to that. And we've started using this water at uh, one of the other grows I'm working at. And it seems like, it seems like there's a lot less um, water stress since we've started doing that, which is kind of interesting. I, I don't really know how to explain it, but.
2: The microbes help manage that, you know, the they feed the soil and feed the fungi differently and you end up with different Water uh, retention with the, especially with all those aquatic microbes, you know, uh, yeah. you get from that. About sixty-eight percent of them can live in your your soil just fine. So, um, you know, you're just adding to that diversity that you already have in a way that's you know unique uh, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what, other, what other vegetables have you found? Or are you guys growing up there? Uh, I know you guys grew quite a few other things.
1: Yeah, man. Um, uh, right now we're, you know, we're gearing up for summertime and, uh, we've got probably 10 or 15 different varieties of, uh, like chilies and ahis and then, you know, poblanos and bell peppers going in. Uh, I've been seeding and transplanting like mad. It's, it's kind of making me dizzy. Uh, lots of sauce, tomatoes, and then some of the, um, more important crops to us. We do indigenous uh, seed restoration and we help in an effort with that. And uh, so there's there's a few varieties of corn and and squash and beans that we produce out here, as well as tobacco.
2: Um, I have some, some, uh, oh, it's called uh, St. something. What's the island in, uh, it's an island in the Caribbean, St. Augustine tobacco or saint something tobacco i have to give you next time i see you Uh, i got remind me yeah
1: yeah i'll remind you man
2: shout out to the gentleman up in maine that that hooked me up
1: (laughs) Um, sure yeah it's a wild plant to grow i I never had any experience with it and um (laughs) you gotta be careful man you go out to harvest leaves or harvest seeds it's dewy outside or it just rained. Start touching that plant, man. It'll make you dizzy. So, oh, so you,
2: you've grown a lot in uh, outdoors and indoors and all the rest out here in Oklahoma. Um, what advice do you have for people coming out here, or people that are out here in Oklahoma, and maybe? Have <laughs> having some excuse me
0: issues.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. So there's a uh, Oklahoma is a pretty hostile environment for cannabis. <laughs> Outdoors, um, I think the best best improvement we've made is um, growing all our outdoor plants from seed. It really seems to make a difference. There seems to be a huge uh, advantage in their resistance to bugs and mold. Um, and if you can turn over a, a crop of seeds, you know, if, if you can produce seeds in your outdoor space and plant them the next year um it seems like those advantages just kind of multiply Um, and then you know if it's your first year doing it plant a lot of diversity there's there's no substitute for finding strains that are resistant naturally to the bug pressure in our area um and the humidity swings in our area are just wild so (laughs) finding the right right plant for the environment is key and then the other thing, you know, if, if you're able to test your soil and your soil's clean, go straight in the ground. You know, all this like planting plants and big hundred gallon pots and potting soils. I don't know. It, it just doesn't work as well. You stick a plant in, in native soil or even amend the soil really heavily and stick it straight in the ground. You know, you're going to get monsters and, and they're going to be able to protect themselves a lot better. Um, not gonna blow over when we get a 70 mile an hour storm gust coming through you know so yeah we
2: had a crazy humidity spike the other day it went from like 85 percent 90 percent in rain and then in that front came through it was like 10 percent and it's like you know you gotta have plants that can deal with that yeah yeah I never thought about that type of extremes but yeah it's you're absolutely right um was there any other strains that you recommend for outdoor you know a lot of people growing uh, outdoor there and uh, what have you had luck with specifically outdoor strain wise
1: uh, specifically I've used um, or I've kind of really liked uh, pineapple pomegranate snow skunk and uh, uh, what was that other one Uh Elfstone from massive seeds and then anything coming from dragon flame it stuff just seems you know it's, it's pretty impervious to a lot of the, the issues we face here course it's all coming out of Washington they've they've kind of got some crazy stuff going on up there as well um yeah but uh, and then I mean really I feel like outdoor here it's if you can figure out how to process all of it if you can just grow hash plants outdoors here <laughs> and like turn that into hash that's that's probably the best way to go
0: um people are just real turned off the outdoor flower here for some reason sorry about that i had a notification on my
2: phone i didn't realize it was going to auto play a video <laughs> um uh what other um uh, you, you know so what you what type of tobacco are you growing and uh, tell us about that is there anything special that you're doing with that as far as cultivation wise and uh, is there maybe uh, i know you are, uh, work closely with the uh, native americans here in um uh, uh, in oklahoma um uh, uh and yeah yeah i'll, I'll let you just talk more about that in a second Um, is there anything that maybe is like a traditional growing method that you've learned from from their culture and and their teachings as far as gardening that you think maybe uh, some of the cannabis world might uh, be useful for them to know about and apply to their garden
0: yeah
1: yeah um man uh i I have to be really careful with my words around this because you know it's it's not so much my story i'm just kind of here to help um here to do the labor, here to plant seeds, if, if I'm asked to, but uh, something that's been really fascinating, uh, we've seen as like my wife gets more involved and her family gets more involved, um, you know, in a lot of cultures, traditionally, the women are the ones that plant and tend the gardens. And we've actually seen tangible results of, of uh, you know, having that relationship in the garden space. Uh, we did a cool experiment a few years ago where my wife, uh, who's indigenous, she, she planted, uh, corn rows alongside my corn rows and we just kind of watched to see how they develop. And we were all joking like, oh yeah, hers is going to be better or whatever. As the season rolled on though, we realized, okay, more of hers germinated. And then we get further through the season. Oh, hers are growing taller. Hers are stronger. <laughs> we're getting you know into the end of the season we're starting to peel back these ears and look at the seed inside of them check them for readiness we're realizing you know we planted a red corn and uh hers are all showing this crazy genetic diversity you know instead of just red cobs we're having like yellow ones and rainbow ones blue kernels coming through tons of striation and, and variety um you know, and I think there's a huge shortcoming in, in the cannabis industry for getting women involved and, and kind of empowering women in the space. And uh, I think that's the best thing anybody could do is, uh, you know, let's bring our women up, this, up in this and, and give them the power. Um, because the plants are going to like it more, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> as far as, like, cultivation methods, um you know, we do try and shape the ground more to, uh, to hold on to water, depending on the space. You know, if we're down in, in a valley, like we have a, a really kind of deep valley in part of our farm. And down there, we'll plant more in mounded um, gardens. We don't do so much rows, but big mounds. And that seems to hold water in those spaces and let the plants grow a lot better. Um, if you're up on a hill, It kind of helps to do the opposite and you're like digging a hole you're making a a bowl almost for that water to collect and a place for that to hold on you know you'll get a heavy dew in the morning and go out there and there's a puddle of water sitting there feeding your plants it's kind of cool
0: yeah any um um
2: what what type of soil mix are you using for your stuff there uh for your plants um I know you do quite a bit of different KNF amendments and other things. Tell us a little about the, the type of soil that you're using.
1: Yeah, so in the indoor space, uh, we started out with uh, two premixed soils, uh, one coming from KISS Organics, um, and the other one coming from, uh, gosh, I don't, we had another person involved to order it. I think it's Vital Soil out of Nevada City, California. Um, they're both really nice soils to start with, but, um, you know, we've pretty regularly add things like, you know, compost to worm castings, what have you. I think you. I'm,
3: I'm literally wearing their shirt today <laughs> by complete accident. Vital earth from Nevada. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice.
3: Small fucking world.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Hey, funny enough to, uh, uh kiss organics is working with us this year on on one of our uh, seed preservation products so, or uh gardens so they're uh they have a team of agronomists they've kind of got together and and we took a soil sample we sent it out to logan labs and they all looked at it they're making recommendations and they're helping us kind of put together a, an amendment plan for getting um, a community garden space in uh, one of the indigenous communities back together, uh, mostly for my wife's family. But just a shout out to them, you know, the, those guys are the realists. They do some really good work. Um, as far as our outside soil, you know, nothing crazy. Just the compost we produce, some gypsum here and there, fish water. hay, lots of hay, lots and lots of hay. Uh, <laughs>
2: Um, is there any, um, uh, native plants that you're growing for food, uh, or stuff that's, um, you know, uh, um, yeah, I guess for lack of a better term, native, native Oklahoma plants that you're growing for food.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, we were talking about before we, we went live, uh, redbud trees around here. Uh, those are really wonderful, uh, springtime, you know, kind of punches of vitamin c Uh, and then we've got a little pawpaw garden we started two years ago i don't know if you've ever had pawpaws but there are these wonderful wonderful like custard apple type plants um there's a a a stand of them out here in norman on a friend of mine's property that uh we just went and scooped up a bunch of like kind of half rotting fruit took it back home and we just dug holes and planted the the whole fruits, and we're 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 getting trees coming up. So, fingers crossed, you know those are gonna come through for us. Yeah.
2: Cool. Memory yeah. serves me that pawpaws are all male and all female uh, trees, right? So you have to have kind of a couple of them, if memory serves me right. And that that's same, my, thing. or is that that's reason?
1: my understanding? Yeah, and and they're um they don't self pollinate, so you know you've got to collect them from a little bit of a diversity So you know, we got, we got fruit from every side of the stand and buried it out here. Nice, uh, Yeah.
2: That's really cool.
1: Yeah,
0: man.
2: Um, what else would you like to tell us about your farm and, and what you got going on? Hmm. Where can people find your flower in stores?
1: Oh yeah, man. We're uh. Right now, we're at uh, Bloom Cannabis Company in Midwest City and Yukon and Oklahoma City. Uh, Acoustic Cannabis Company. They're out of Edmond. And uh, I don't know if it's still on the shelf, but we had some stuff over at Mosaic in Oklahoma City. Um, but those, those are kind of our three primary spots. Uh, nice. Otherwise, we're, we're sprinkling out throughout all the boondocks here you know, little mom and pop shots.
2: That's really great. And uh, what, what have you, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the, the straight media beds, but what have you found in terms of difference between the aquaponic uh, or, or, you know, aquatic, partially aquatically fed stuff versus just, uh, have you done any side by sides between that and just normal soil production or anything and seen any difference or um, anything like that?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, we just, had a, a, you know, I worked part-time for a while at uh, Grow Oklahoma, and I was given a whole bunch of soil samples of, you know, this is the best, best living soil on the planet. I'm not going to out anyone, but, uh, you know, we tried it. They gave me trial bags, and uh, we threw a few plants in, in some of these commercial living soils, um, some of which, I kid you not, range to like $40 for one and a half cubic yards, or one and a half cubic feet, um, and really didn't see great results, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, they performed okay. It grew a weed plant and there was flowers on it, but it just doesn't have the nose and, and didn't have the flavor to it. Didn't really have the same production to it.
0: Um, yeah. You uh do any hash making or anything like
2: that at all?
1: Uh, not commercially, but we make a hobby out of it. We we yeah. like to make some bubble hash.
2: Yeah, tell us what what do you make?
1: Yeah, so uh, actually my my uh, partner in growing out here, he's he kind of does it more so than me, but uh, we do a little bit of bubble hash, just ice water hash with, with some bags, and uh, we also grow a. A small stand of those um Himalayan hash plants, too, and they can rub charas at the end of every year, that is a really wonderful product yeah.
2: Hell i've yeah. never
1: never tried anything like that.
2: yeah, I love that stuff in the in the Caribbean they call it gum what is it? They call it gum in Jamaica, oh, okay. okay, and then like dry sift or like keef, they call that pollen
1: oh okay
2: yeah it gets real confusing
1: (laughs) yeah it's kind of misleading (laughs) yeah
2: the guy's like do you want to buy some pollen and i was like huh and he shows me and i was like oh yeah dry sift or keef you know whatever and uh, i was like oh okay Uh, that's what you mean as i was real confused like this guy separated a bunch of pollen like (laughs) the caribbean like this isn't gonna stay stable very long. Like I'm just trying to I was trying to figure
1: out like what the fuck. <laughs>
0: That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Have you have you seen any uh particularly nice plants or cultivars down there? I've I've never been in the Caribbean. Oh yeah, same. Where's Vincent the best gonta down there?
2: Of all the stuff, where I just had like the local native strains, Saint Vincent had some really fucking good weed, but their whole yeah. island got fucked. So. Because of the uh, uh, volcano here a couple months ago. I hate to hear that. So they don't have really good weed anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, in Jamaica, there was definitely a couple of different ones. There was always one, the one I really liked, and this was like running around in Westmoreland, was Rainbow Kush. And I always (laughs) had like crazy violet purple pestles and neon pink pestles and this totally wild variety in the the pastel color and um, always had a really, really interesting and unique. Everyone kind of had their own version of it and uh, the terpene expression on it was just all over the place. I thought it was really cool. So definitely something that uh, I would love to get my hands on again. Um, But uh, yeah, there's a lot of growers too, because what was funny is when I went first went down there, I always thought, man, there's going to be like, A lot of like everywhere else I've been that's kind of like that where you have a lot of chemical stuff and all the rest. But no, they don't want to hike all that shit up into the hills. Like that's a pain in the ass. Right. So they grow organically because it's like a a lot easier just to to have most of the stuff. But they'll have a goat, a couple of goats to to clear the edge of the the clearings and stuff like that and act like lawnmowers. Uh, And then they'll have a cow or two and then they'll milk them. Every day, and then they take what they need, they make cheese or, or or milk from them or butter, and then the rest of it they put into a big barrel with the fruit skins or whatever they're eating, and then it fills up, they seal the barrel and let it sit for like 21 to 30 days, and then they take that out as like a finisher for the, the flowering stuff. So once they're like week four or five of flour and they're starting to flip. They'll go out and they'll apply that to like goose the terpenes and stuff in them, and it does it does have a difference wow. in, in the control, but it's something that's that that it's kind of like um like a lactobacillus ferment with fruit skins. It's like a lacto, you know, FPJ, you know, kind of thing, but it works, you know. And yeah. that's something I saw quite a bit, and uh, or some variation of that, um, quite a bit in Westmoreland, especially
1: wow man that that sounds amazing it sounds almost like i'd want to eat it when it was finished
2: it smells really good that's for sure yeah yeah like uh, rum or something like that it has like this sweet not alcoholy flavor but like a spicy fruity funky you know smell to it
1: yeah definitely definitely yeah that's that's something we've kind of been experimenting with you know for your advice using the lab and then also doing a an faa so we've always buried our fish out here you know in the garden space and uh just last year we started kind of splitting what fish we do lose seasonally with a couple different farms and and making a fermented um like fish sauce that's a crazy thing man i mean i don't know for anyone that hasn't done that out there you, know, you expect the worst when you throw a bunch of fish and sugar in a barrel and seal it for a year but it really comes out nice it's it's a wonderful product yeah yeah
2: yep. you can do it too if you're like a poultry farmer or something and you have leftover parts or pig farming or deer even with your deer on your deer hunting you can even take the guts from them and throw them in there as well and and do similar ferments to the, the FAA. Mm. So you wanna add a little bit more IMO to it, but I'm sorry. But yeah. I know there's quite a few different variations of it worldwide. Um, and then also a liquid IMO ferment. So you can actually do a liquid IMO a fish ferment. It's something I, I learned about uh, recently. Um, they're doing this in Vietnam. So they, they take a barrel, they'll put in, uh, hold on, let me pull up the, the recipe so I don't misquote it. But they basically do a liquid IMO ferment with a bunch of fish parts, and it breaks
1: it down real fast, like much faster. Oh, cool. And I'd on. be really interested in that because I get impatient. I mean, six months I can do, wait a year, like, man, really use yeah, some of that is, right now. This is much faster. Let me
0: find it. Hold on a second. Uh no, no sorry uh okay oh I'll find it here
2: um anyways uh damn it I could have to it was in this deck I know it's in here. Oh, is it the no, plant labs? Here we go. It is twenty liters of liquid IMO per one kilogram of fish parts, and he says in two to four weeks you have a, a liquid solution. Two to four weeks. Yeah. Again, yeah. I haven't done that one yet. That's that quick. Secondhand from from Con Femme, but. He is on point with everything else of, so, you know, shout out to him Quan uh, down in, uh, in Vietnam. Oh, no. That's his recipe for the nitrogen. Hmm. And then he's doing a liquid IMO ferment um, with plants, doing a one to 20 to five to 20 plant ratio inputs to liquid IMO uh, per volume of a, a, a barrel. And then he'll put them uh, in a giant, you know, 55 or 30 gallon drum. And then every 30 to 45 days, he'll add more plant material and a little bit more liquid IMO to top off for what evaporated. Nice. And then um, uh, after uh, three to six months, you end up with these crazy high concentrations of minerals uh, that are, you know,
1: on par with a lot of your chemical fertilizers. I bet, man, I bet. Are there any? You know, I've wondered because I, I always figured like comfrey is is um, pretty ideal because the roots go so deep, and you're probably drawing up a lot of minerals from like way down, down low. Uh, I don't want my phone to die on you. Uh, but are there any other any other good uh, plants like that 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 have those deep root systems? You know about? Know good, particularly good for IMO. I mean, I figure some kind of prairie grasses or something. So,
2: be- so, purslane is a crazy, deep they- yeah. Um, but uh, stinging nettle is probably the single most nutrient diverse thing that grows around uh, most of the U.S. And, and in Oklahoma. Um, you know, I'm sure you have some of it on your property, if not, uh, you can get it through Baker Creek. Uh, and um. <laughs> And uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's, it really good bioaccumulator. Just remember that it'll bioaccumulate stuff that's bad too if the soils, you know, if you, and that is an issue in Oklahoma. You know, there are places in Oklahoma that have naturally high arsenic and chromium just in the ground because of the, the natural um, geology. So, you know, be yeah. mindful of that.
1: Uh, I was listening to a woman recently talk, she's like a world renowned. Uh, Soil remediation expert, particularly around heavy metals, and I can't recall her name. Um, but it kind of scared me because she's she's worked all over the world in in soil remediation for heavy metal, and the place she picked as an example of like, you know, it's it's really bad there. It's Oklahoma in the United States, they have particularly high heavy metals in their soil.
0: It's like <laughs> shit. <laughs> but hey we've,
1: we've been all right so far um,
0: just depends on
2: what formation that you you happen to be on that's all
1: yeah
2: a lot of fossils in the state too which is really cool
1: yeah man definitely <laughs>
2: definitely and killer fishing uh, we had a question from chat um what uh, knf practices are you using
1: uh currently we're we're just using the uh LAB, um, in the aquaponics system, um, and then FAA, and occasionally we'll make a fermented plant juice um, out of stinging nettle. We have a really, really good stand of that. Um, and it's, it's a particularly nice one, I think, to throw in teas and kind of makes it extra frothy if you're into that. Um, but that's, that's about it as far as K&F practices, at least right now
2: nice have you done anything with imos at all
1: or i've made one imo in my whole life it was fantastic and i never did it again
0: so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i need to get back on that train man. it's on the list you know
2: no i was just curious uh uh if, if, you know because i just saw how good your soil looked and everything and i was i was curious if that was part of it so um well uh um anything else that you want to let everybody know here uh um, i kind of went through most of the questions that i had had uh i apologize
1: no nah, i think that about covers it man um cool you know if you're if anyone's in norman shoot me a message we love to have visitors we love to have guests out That's here sorry. so yeah.
2: um actually here's a here's another example of it uh, you want to tell us maybe a, a, you know maybe just a little bit more about this this is one of your latest posts
1: yeah yeah it it says it in the text, but um you know basically what you're looking at here is uh uh two soil samples, one of them is is adjacent in an adjacent plot to the other. They're not more than twenty feet apart but the uh the one on the right, the darker soil sample is a plot that we've treated with um, fish wastewater for I think two years, two or three years. I can't remember when we started exactly, um, but you know, this this far into it, you can see a difference in the texture. Uh, but like I was mentioning earlier, you know, you really start to see a difference in the ecology in the soil. Um, you know, the animals inside the soil and the animals like on top of the soil. <laughs> You know, you get everything from worms to, to the predators in the area, like snakes and birds, um, and everything in between. So it's kind of what you're looking at right there.
2: Yeah. So you guys can check him out at Little River Aquaponics four oh five on Instagram. If you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, we also he also is a Little River dot com. Uh, there's Finishing up their their website, but they they do have a website there uh, coming soon, and um, lots of great pictures of different cool Oklahoma, um, you know, plants and all the different wonderful work that they're doing there uh, down the Little River. And uh, yeah, definitely check them out, and uh, uh, definitely check out the the shops where they're at if you want to buy some really nice, uh, you know, aquaculture uh, fed uh, cannabis plants. Cool.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on, Steve. It's it's an honor to be on your podcast, man.
2: Awesome. Yeah, man. We're happy to have you on and uh, hope to see you here soon, hopefully before the end of morale season.
1: Yeah, man. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> Thanks, man. Cheers.
1: Right. Cheers.
2: Cheers, dude. And uh, uh, Fumi, uh, what's up with you? I
3: don't know what. i've been busy of course every time i have to talk i have to start coughing um i know i've been getting a little bit back into uh uh the the what do you call it the uh the photography side of things uh i don't know i took a break on uh taking pictures of my buds for a while because i had uh, spider mites for the longest time so i'm like i'm not gonna take freaking good photos of uh, spider mite covered plants whatever so finally got rid of the goddamn spider mites and it's time to go back to the photo booth so that's been actually mm-hmm. super fun that's why i've got this gigantic softbox <laughs> right next to me but uh anyway i don't know picked up some cool genetics recently so uh that's gonna be fun for the the breeding so that's a little bit longer term thing but uh Anyway, some fun stuff is in the pipeline, so I'm excited. How
2: uh, are you asking how the stuff's going?
3: Uh, it's going all right. Uh, What was I going to say? I had a bunch of uh, uh, twins from those uh, uh, seedlings, but as always, the goddamn twins are never really that viable. So sure enough, the biggest one from the twins I basically kept. So anyway, that was kind of fun. But yeah, I have a few of those. Uh, they're looking really interesting, honestly, like really, really fun and interesting. Uh, They're still fairly short. They're only like... I don't know, six inches tall or something, but uh they're coming along. Uh what else do I have? Uh yeah, I got a couple of interesting things actually as seedlings coming up too, so that'll be pretty fun. So yeah. I'm excited for that. It's awesome. always like I don't know, when you when you get to combine and kind of, you know, mess with flavors and stuff, it's always super exciting, you know.
2: Nice. I managed to score another pack of those when I was up in Maine. Yeah. So I'm nice. gonna pop some, I'll let right you know how that goes.
3: I wonder if you get twins too. That'll be fun to see.
2: Yeah, right. That'll be cool to see what happens. Right. Um, I also yeah, think I, I, got, or... I got a
3: crazy amount, too. It was like, uh, I think I only planted nine seeds. I kept one just in reserve for whatever reason. Uh, and out of nine seeds, I think uh, eight popped. I want to say eight popped. And out of those eight, I think six were twins. <laughs> like, seriously, six of them. So that was kind of bizarre. But anyway, so I think it, like two of those seedlings weren't super strong. Uh, and so I think I, I might have uh, six plants left or five plants left i can't remember but anyway
2: it's right. pretty fun i also got some moroccan stuff yeah that's fun the pops too i think that might do really well here in a, in the, a, uh, a,
3: is a, it a beldia or something else
2: it just listed as moroccan land race is what i could given cool. to me yes well, so we'll see anyway. what comes
3: the moroccan stuff is supposedly lebanese stuff right uh, mila uh, was telling us i think that like the because the Moroccan hash is not really native. They basically brought it in, like, the 60s. And I think they got it from Lebanon. We'd have to listen to Mila again. But good for a hash, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I know you had a couple episodes of her, right? I think so, man. Yeah. yeah. we got to get her back, too, actually. She's always a super fun uh, uh, guest. Always has the best yeah. goddamn stories.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. Well, uh you want to tell everybody how to find you
3: and and your stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, Very easy to do. I can even show it to you. Uh, Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, follow me over at uh, my YouTube channel, Fumador and the Flavors. Or you can also go to uh, chronictable.com. Let me just do that. Chronictable.com. There you go. And thank you for uh, giving me the shot to uh, show the website, ladies and gentlemen. That's it right there. Take a look. There's uh, uh, photographs, seeds, Genetic preservation kits, you name it, ways to contact me, lots of fun. Uh, I put the whole website together, all the photographs. Okay, not all the photographs, some of the photographs, like that one right there. Those are actually my testers, but many of the photographs are my photographs. So, anyway, thanks very much for letting me show that. Okay, I'm trying to stop the share, but there we go. Do you ever have that where a Zoom, like, the button, like, I don't know, like, how do I say it? It's the, oh, fuck, what's that game, where you, like, chase the snake, but you can never quite get it? Egg? No, it's not snake. It's the It's kind of like whack-a mole, but it's on the computer. Anyway, sometimes Zoom does this it's thing where it's like, no no, name. I'm gonna move the box. It's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be over here now.
2: Yeah. Um Mike in chat says the Lebanese strains are brought to Morocco in the eighties. Ah, there you go. So, and he would he would be someone that would know. So nice. <laughs> I think I know. I don't know it personally, but I uh I'm working on some different stuff, working on uh, hopefully getting the uh, edible stuff back into mass production here in Oklahoma. Nice. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But that looks like that's going to be happening here in the in the near future. Um, you know, fingers crossed. And then uh, we're trying to figure out which of a couple of different farms are going to try and run uh, some outdoor stuff for, out here this year. And uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Right on. figure out what direction to go next after uh, finishing up some other stuff so sweet yeah right on. other than that uh what else do i have uh i have some video stuff that i haven't released yet i actually had a really cool experience it was down yesterday and i have a video of it um i'm kind of debating i gotta make sure it's gonna fly with the youtube censorship but i don't think it's gonna gonna get hit but it's um, like a wholesaler for dispensaries. So it's like a dispensary for dispensaries. When oh, you walk oh, yeah. in and they have like a, a store display version of huh. all the different stuff that you would have in a dispensary. And it's huge. It's like a warehouse, oh, whole section of a warehouse that's all set up like a showroom. It's really dope. But then the, one, the whole left side is just all these different farms and breeders' buds. So you can huh. take a quarter pound down and smell it and see it and look at the buds. And then you, you scan that in your little tablet, and then you put in how much you want. And then they have a big vault in the back that has all, you know, the main supply of all the cannabis, you know, just sealed off from everyone else and then they weigh it out and then have it all ready for you so that it's all over many pounds or whatever you want. And then you scan everything, you know, on the showroom floor and then they have it all waiting for you packaged up with all the all entered into metric and all all That's ready nice. to go as long as your your account is set but it's kind of like a an easy grocery store style style shopping experience for dispensers to get you know their wholesale stuff and i thought it was neat something right. different that i hadn't seen before and it's it was very professionally done yeah that is interesting very well thought out and uh they're also going to work a lot with smaller breeders and do some Mm. consignment stuff and things like that too. So they're trying to support the the smaller guys and the smaller breeders and, you know, they give a shit, right? So they're, they're super cool people and uh, it was kind of cool to, to, they just finished getting the whole facility together and everything like a week or two ago. So it was cool to finally go over there and kind of see the whole thing all set up. It was really, really dope. That's cool. Yeah, man. That'll be a fun video. Yeah. So, uh, and then what else? I have a whole bunch of videos i'm working on on some knf stuff and uh um hopefully once uh in next month get back into some some microscope stuff and some other things so I've um, got that coming as well so yeah and if anybody has any interesting topics or wants me to do a video on anything let me know we can go off on, on individual things and want to do some more like shorter content um uh as well uh, but um sorry everybody for missing a couple of weeks we're going to try and go back to two episodes a week um for the most part we'll do mondays and thursdays um we might miss a couple of mondays here and there but that's the plan and um yeah also don't miss later in the month the lady that was doing all the different um testing angela but uh um, aquilitas is going to be with us at the end of the month with the more another follow-up with another round of testing with uh, aquaponics versus soil um, uh, comparisons and all that stuff so uh, that'll be really really cool and um, I have some other cool guests in the works that uh, uh, I think you guys are really going to like that we've been in talks we're just figuring out what date um, that uh, you guys have definitely seen in movies and TV before so you guys are going to like that uh, when he comes on and some other cool people so uh, looking forward to that. Alright guys um Uh, Don't forget, um, let me throw this up here. Um, We do have the uh, Aquaponic Cannabis Masterclass, Marty and I, code AP420 at apmjclass.com. It's generally our biggest sale of the year. Um, 75 bucks off the class now through uh, uh, Earth Day. So check it out. We have a, a ton of content. We are constantly adding new content and we'll be continually adding new content to that class. Um, and, uh, as long as Marty and I keep doing this shit, so uh, once you buy it, you know you kind of get uh, you know this repository of, of info along with the base class. So definitely check it out. Nice man. All right, guys, um, we will catch you guys again uh, next week, and uh, take it easy. Have a good Peace. one. You on uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, Elon Musk
0: buys Twitter because that happened <laughs> <Right>. today. <laughs> Fucking! Oh my God.